Good morning. It's Saturday, June 22nd. This is the Win Daily Podcast. This is Jason Mizrahi, and I got Mark Paquette, the meteorologist on site on Win Daily. Mark, how are you doing this morning? Oh, not too bad. Yourself, Jason? How's things going? Pretty good. Pretty good. You know, we most of our players uh, who signed up for premium avoided Chris Sale um, last night. He kind of hung in there, battled through. You know, a rough start, got his Ks up, and he ended up being there. But we pretty much advised everybody to go with Nola and go to the discount. We wanted some bats. We got the bats we wanted with Nola. So Nola really went out there. And I don't know, I, I, I like the phrase, keep it simple, stupid. If we know a team just got, you know, pretty much demolished by the likes of Wainwright, Mikolas, um, and, and Flaherty, and now we're throwing a guy like Aaron Nola at that same team. I like to to t- attack that. And Nola was coming in at a nice discount. I told all our premium members in Slack to hop on Nola. If you want to pay up for sale, I understand. But at the same time, that discount really allowed you to get some some bigger bats in the lineup. Pretty much you can get whatever stack you wanted. Um, we like the Texas stack. We like a couple other stacks. We like a couple power bats here and there. So overall... It was a good day. Had a run at a couple single entry tournaments where, you know, uh, I was up at the top for most of the night. Didn't finish, you know, in first, but, you know, we made some money back. So we had a good overall night. We're going to break down the entire day. It's kind of a, a split day. We have a very early only on FanDuel. Then we have a early main, which is the four o'clock games. Then we have the main slate, which I'm going to attack the most. Um, and I, my goal today you know, uh, Mark, I'm putting it out there. I need to qualify uh, for this FanDuel um, World Championship qualifier. I haven't really tried this much uh, this year. I've just been too busy to put in the time. But I'm going to go after it today. It's a $333 entry. And uh, got to finish any of the first or second. And it's a little bit over, like, I think 130, 150 people in there. So I'm going to take my shot today. I need a vacation. I just have a newborn. So a vacation and a shot at a big prize pool, something that I love going after. I've, I've done it before. So I think today is going to be the day where I'm going to go after. I'm going to send a single bullet in there. I'm going to have to go against, you know, some some of the best players in the world. But I like my chance. There's only 130, 140 people in there. So that's what I'm going to go after. But let's get into the very early slate and start in Kansas City. We got Berrios versus Duffy. Um, in this early slate, there's only three games. So there's not too many pitchers that you can really pick on. And in my eyes, if you're playing cash, Berrios is the way to go. Even in GPPs, he makes a lot of sense as well because I think he's got the highest upside on the slate. Wheeler does come in at a discount, and Quintana does come in at a discount. But I really don't know who's going to win that game. I don't know if the Cubs are going to win. I don't know if the Mets are going to win. And I don't know if either of those pitchers are going to get a quality start, but I think you can lock that in with Berrios. So if you have the extra money, I go Berrios as my cash and my GPP play, you know, for this early slate. I don't really want any KC bats on the backside of this. And Minnesota is probably going to come in as your top stack of this early only slate. They're projected to score the most runs, you know, from what I'm seeing. Wind is blowing in in Chicago, so there's nothing we have to deal with there. And, um, these twins face Duffy a lot. So I'm going to attack with guys from the right side. Cruz, Garver, Crone, Sano, Shoup. Maybe try to grab some value with Asadio. And you see him try to round the bases. 
How do you see this game playing out in Kansas City? Um, there was some weather concerns there for me, but it looks like it's going to be okay. So I'm not too worried there. Um, you mentioned a couple of great points. Uh, I like Berrios a lot. He's coming off his best game of the year, and that was against uh, the Red Sox on Monday night. At one point in that game, he retired 19 consecutive batters. I believe he struck out 10 Red Sox, which was also a season high. So he's coming off his best start of the year. So there's really nothing to not like that. I know that's way too many double negatives. Let me try again. There's a lot to like about Berrios today. So I like that call. Yeah, and I think, you know, with – with the three game very early on FanDuel, I think the Twins have the best chance of blowing up. Um, I'm not, you know, I don't think Duffy's as bad as everybody makes him out to be. Um, he's got talent, but you just can never put things together. He puts a lot of people on base. He doesn't last long in game. He walks too many people, which increases his pitch count, which means we're going to see some of this Kansas City bullpen. I'm going to attack it from the right side. They faced him a lot. Like I said, any of these right-handed batters, Cruz, um, you know, even Polanco, Spichitz, Garver, Crone, Sano, everybody one through nine, I guess, in this lineup that bats on the right side is going to be in play. I think you're going to have to stack and get a full stack of these uh, Twins batters in the early only. So that's where I'm going to start my stack. So I'm going to lock in. You know, if I'm playing DraftKings, five players on the Twins on FanDuel, locking in four of them. And I, I have to pick a pitcher to attack. And in this case, I'm going to attack Duffy. Um, so that's where I'm at with this game. The next game, uh, we have Pena versus Hudson. Tough to really peg this game. These Both these pitchers are, are reasonably good. Not good enough to pitch in my eyes, but good enough that I don't really want to attack. And both these lineups, I like to attack with lefty pitchers um, because most, most of these, you know, bats or the power bats from both sides are righties, like guys like Trout and Upton. And on the backside, Ozuna and the Cardinals bats. So... It's pretty much a stay-away spot. You can grab a bat or two from here, like a guy like Carpenter makes a lot of sense at 3,200. Maybe even a guy like Listella at 3,200 makes some sense as well. Trout is uh, really, really, really good at baseball. So uh, being the fact that he's really good at baseball, he's playable every single night of the week. So if you have the money to spend, go right ahead. I think there's people that are a better value on a, on a slate like this. Guys like Calhoun at 3,100 make a lot of sense to me. Um, do you have any strong plays in this game, Mark? No, but I do have a, a philosophy that there is going to be some rain around. Um, there is a delay possibility. Uh, obviously, we're too early to get into specifics, but that would tend to take, make me get off the pitchers, and you weren't on them anyways. Dakota Hudson has been good, but because of what you've mentioned, I probably wouldn't be using him. Yeah, it's it's. There's better pitchers. Um, not a game that like I wouldn't be. I don't know who's gonna win this game. First off, um, I think I'm just gonna pick one offs from this game. Any of these lefty bats um, and Trout, of course, makes sense. So if you want to take a flyer on Justin Bauer at uh, 2.6 on Fanduel, take a shot on Cole Calhoun, which I actually like a little bit at 3.1. Carpenter is, is very nicely priced at 3.2. Guy like Fowler at 3.9. So I'm going to pick off one-offs here. I don't think outside of the Twins, any of these lineups in this very early slate are very much a stackable uh, because there's a, they're all going against, you know, average or good pitchers. 
So the one-offs you're going to have to grab from this game and in, a, in the last game of this very early, which is going to be Zach Wheeler versus Quintana. Quintana's coming in as the favorite. Um, Wheeler's the better pitcher in my eyes. Quintana squeaked out of trouble um, on Sunday night, and he pitched a, you know, a good game, not a great game. He hung in there. Um, but in this game, the wind's blowing in a little bit. I'll let you talk about weather. Again, I'm not going to stack any other games outside of the Twins. So a guy like um, Alonzo, if you can afford him, he's probably going to hit another home run or a couple of doubles. The guy is a professional hitter, probably rookie of the year, lock it up um, in my eyes. And then on the backside of things, Schwarber's too cheap at 3.1. Uh, Hayward, I guess if you need some value, or Carlos Gonzalez at 2.4. A couple of spots there you can maybe pick or choose. And then guys like J.D. Davis, 2.8. Frazier, if you need a filler, 2.6. Or even Wilson Ramos, or maybe if Juan Lagares gets to start at 2K, you're going to need some value here if you go with um, Barrios and the twin stack, which are going to be expensive. You're going to need some cheap bats to fill it out. So I would stack the twins in this very early slate and then grab value and pick and choose a couple of one-offs from this game and the Angels game. Um, that's where I'm going the very early. I'm not going to play a ton I'm not suggesting, listen, guys, I know you want action. Everybody wants action. That's why they're listening to this podcast, why they're following our site. But if you got $100 to play, do not play $94 in this early slate just because you want action. Because your money's going to be tied up. Then you're not going to be able to play the better slates, which is going to be this, this middle slate and the late slate. So don't go crazy. Enter a $10 or $20 tournament. Enter 10% of your bankroll. Just get some action early in the day. But don't go crazy is my... My ultimate strategy in session um, is don't overdo this early slate and be patient and attack the, the, the next slate and the late slate. But, Mark, do you have anything to highlight on this weather? We got a little bit of wind blowing in. Is there anything to really get worried about? Nothing to get really worried about, but you should know it's late June. And for late June, the humidity's down. Temperature is a little bit below normal. We're in a dry, relatively cool air mass. So, so many times day games in Chicago in the middle of summer can be offensive slugfest because it's warm, humid, and the wind's blowing out. That's not the case today. Okay. So now we're going to get into what FanDuel is now calling the early only slate. This slate is something that you can attack a little bit more aggressively because we do have, you know, seven games here to kind of peg. There's some good matchups here. Um, some places that I'm going to avoid from a pitching standpoint and it looks like, to me, this is a spot here that, you know, we can attack from both sides. Brian Johnson is pitching at home. He's a lefty going against a, a pretty strong righty lineup. You know, I like attacking um, this, these Blue Jays bats which, uh, when they're facing lefties. So I can get Guerrero. I can get Guriel, I can get Hernandez and Grichik as my four-man stack. I think they line up better against a lefty. So Toronto's in play, and then the Blue Jays are going with some kind of combination of looks like Derek Law and Caviglio. So these Red Sox are going to be in play. They've been disappointing DFS players all year long, but you can grab a couple players here. I don't know if you want to get a full stack from the Red Sox, because so there might be better spots. There's some games here, but they're going to come in as one of the best spots of the day. So I think a full Red Sox stack makes sense. You want to grab some value guys like Bradley and Holt that are cheap, and then mix them in with Devers, Bogart, Martinez, Benetani, and Betts. Um, I think that's a good combination. I don't know if you're going to be able to stack um, all the power guys, but 
You know Boston better than me. How would you line up this Boston team right now? Uh, watch their lineup. Devers is battling a hamstring injury. He pinch hit last night and actually got the game-winning hit, uh, uh, game-tying hit in the eighth inning as a pinch hitter. So just make sure he's in there. Mookie Betts seems to be one year. He is the MVP slash one of the best players on the planet. And then next year, he's an above-average player. This is his above-average player year. He's not the MVP like he was last year. Um, yeah, wow, you're but, calling out Mookie after just a couple of games here, huh? I'm not calling him out, but if you compare him to his last season stats, are they anywhere near that? I don't, I don't know anybody's going to be near that, but yeah, I don't think I mean, he's going to have a – I think he's going to push through and have a, a strong finish off his year. And then once he gets into the playoffs – you got Boston as a playoff team or what? No, yeah, they're in the wild card spot now, uh, the second wild card. You got to like it, your chances. They probably, I'm not going to say they've completely given up on catching the Yankees, but that's probably not their first priority. Their fi- first priority is probably just making sure their starting pitching staff is uh, rested and probably, as I've heard for the last 18 months, trying to get some better arms in their bullpen. I would look for them to make a couple uh, trades before the deadline. But that's season long and looking at them from DFS-wise, I completely agree with you with Toronto. I wrote them up along with Texas as my two favorite stacks of the day. Ryan Johnson is nothing but a journeyman who's been pitching in AAA most of the year this year. He's left-handed. Chris Sale only lasted five innings last night. It was a 10-inning game. They used five bullpen arms, the Red Sox, that is. Look for their bullpen to be a little depleted today. What does that mean? They're going to ask Brian Johnson to go a little bit deeper in the game than he normally would be. So if he has to take on um, four, five, six runs scored and stay in the game just because they need him to absorb some innings, that's good for Toronto DFS-wise. Yeah, I think, you know, I know Vlad's one of your favorite players to play in DFS, and he's kind of let everybody down. But, you know, Fandle has been doing everybody a favor by not adjusting his price ever. So he's always going to be a value, and he comes in as a value again. Um, so I think Toronto comes in cheap. It's a cheap way to get exposure to a, a good stack versus a bad pitcher and somewhat of a, a hitter's park. You know, I consider it a hitter's park. I know it doesn't play as good as, you know, the top places, but I think Toronto makes a lot of sense. I think Boston makes some sense. Um, but let's get into this Miami-Philly game. You got Hernandez versus Velasquez. It doesn't look like Velasquez is, you know— really going to last long in this game. So I can't really um, have any option to pitch him. He's probably going to maybe go three, four innings max. So he's off the radar. Um, even though I love attacking Miami, it's not going to be the guy to do it with um, just because he's not stretched out. On the backside of things, I'm not going to pitch Hernandez. This, this kind of game, you know, as much as, you know, we want to attack a pitcher versus Miami – and then maybe attack a, a hitting team, you know, in, in Philly, Hernandez has been good. So, for me, I don't got much to talk about in this game. I'm fading this game 100%. Mark, if you have a point to make on this game, we can, you know, talk about it. But not much from my side that I like in this game on both sides, pitching and hitting. Real quick, Hernandez was my value arm. He's only 6,100, I believe, on FanDuel. He has looked good. Both his starts that came against St. Louis. St. Louis hasn't hit the ball. Philly is a better hitting team. He's playing in a better hitting park now, too. But Hernandez has some good minor league stats, so he's not a bad pitcher. He probably doesn't get blown up here. 
but he's not in a smash spot by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, on either. on FanDuel, he's seven thousand. Seven thousand. That's right. Yeah, yeah, on maybe on DraftKings a little bit cheaper. Yeah, on yeah. DraftKings he's sixty five hundred. I think that puts him in a better better value spot on FanDuel than DraftKings. But uh, on FanDuel, looking at it, there's two guys that we're going to mention real quick. We're you know in in, a, in the next game and one of the following games that I think if I'm going to spend seven thousand for Hernandez, there's two guys that I'm going to attack first. So we'll get to that in a minute. Um, one of the guys that I'm going to attack uh, before Hernandez. He's $800 more expensive. Um, guy's got all the talent in the world. San Diego does not worry me. Um, it's a pitcher's park in Pittsburgh. I like Chris Archer. You know, he shows the upside. He was cruising in his last start versus Miami, and then he had one rough inning, and he let up a couple of runs and kind of, you know, shit it on his score a little bit. You know, excuse my French, but he was doing really well. And then he let up a couple runs. He let up like a two-run home run or three-run home run, which, you know, dragged the score down, lost the chance to win, and he didn't last six to go to quality start status. But if you look at the upside here, in his last four starts, he's got 7Ks, 6Ks, 8Ks, and 8Ks. And you want Ks with your pitchers. His ERA, not so good, uh, 5.85. But he, he sprinkled in, you know, a start versus Atlanta when he only let up one run run. He's just having his one bad inning, which is really crushing his his upside here. But I think the matchup versus San Diego is worth a shot here. Um, I like him as a pitcher. I love his price on FanDuel at 7800 And I think if I'm going to go down, this is who I'm going to go down to. There's one other guy that makes some sense that we'll get into from a value perspective. And one other guy, or one or two other guys I, I can see myself pitching. But I think this is the guy I'm going to land on as far as my value play of this very this early only, you know, FanDuel slate. I'm not going to really attack Paddock here. I don't really, you know, I, I don't have too much confidence in him. He started hot, but he's kind of, you know, he's had his trouble now. So I'm not going to go with Paddock. I'm not going to go with either of these hitters here. How do you feel about Archer? Do you feel safe enough to play him at 7,800 7, over Hernandez, or do you like Hernandez over him? Let's probably go Archer with the K upside with only a seven eighteen hundred dollar difference. Eight hundred, um, eight hundred. He's seven hundred. He's seven thousand. Hernandez and Archer's seventy eight hundred. So I think eight hundred dollars is worth it to me. That's that's that was my question for you. Now Archer's big problem is the home run. In his not, last nine starts, he's given up fifteen home runs, including four in one game against Atlanta. That was in Atlanta. Obviously, that's a hitter's park. So. If his problem is home runs, you look at the park. PNC is a very tough park hit to hit homers in for right-handers. Left-handers, it's a little bit easier. So you got to look at what sort of Padre lefties could do some damage to him left-handed in terms of a home run. There's not a ton. So he's in a good spot there. As to Paddock, yeah, you kind of don't know. He's been much better at home than away. And this is his first start since a quote-unquote demotion the high A ball or double A ball? I think it was double A ball, where basically the Padres were just using that to manage his innings. Um, so, yeah, you really don't know what he's, you're getting back with. He hasn't pitched at the major league level in almost two weeks. Yeah, so I'm going to stay away. So it's, it's it's Archer or Bust for me in this game. The next game, it's it's Fires versus – it looks like Chirinos. You're seeing Chirinos, correct? 
Uh, let's see. According to uh, FanDuel. Yeah, FanDuel has Torino's up. Um, I know they're they're probably going to play some games. Yeah, it looks like Torino's is the guy to go with here. Um, I, I don't play this game, you know, at least on FanDuel with this whole Tampa Bay or, or reliever starting a game, whatever the hell happens after that. Um, I'm not playing that game. Fires is kind of interesting, but I always I always rate people by their price. You have to, you know, price enforce your pitchers, your hitters, everything, especially with pitchers. And with Fires at 8,100 in a, in a, you know, in a in a matchup here. Um, actually, wait, am I talking with Fires? I, I confused myself. Yeah, Fires in a matchup here versus Tampa. I kind of like Archer versus San Diego better. I think he's the he's Archer's coming in cheaper. Fires is three hundred dollars more. It's not really a price thing. I just like the matchup better. So if if I was to be in that range, I'm gonna go with with Archer over him. So that's where I'm leaning. Do you like Fires at all here, or are you gonna stay away from this game as well? I do like Fires, but I do think Archer has a better K upside. Padres strike out more often than Tampa Bay. Archer generally has more strikeouts than Fires, but. Fires has been a very good pitcher since late April. He has a 2.7 ERA, which is the seventh best record uh, ERA in the American League. He's turned into a serviceable pitcher. There's no doubt about it. And Tampa Bay hitting in, in, in a, an extreme pitcher's park in Oakland, it's not a bad play, but I, I like Archer's K upside better. Yeah. So um, now we have an interesting game here. <clears throat> We have uh, a guy that I really don't know anything about. Uh, I don't even know how to pronounce his last name. I don't know if it's Saval or what it is. Um, I'm not sure what Cleveland is doing here. It's it's 10 o'clock on Saturday morning. It's a 4 o'clock game. I got to do more research on this guy. But from what it's like to me, um, obviously I'm not pitching a guy that I know nothing about, even though he's facing these Tigers. Uh, I'm going to stay away from that. Spencer Turnbull on the backside. Um, the Cleveland bats are, you know, heating up a little bit. Um, so I can see Cleveland being a potential a potential stack point here. Obviously, guys like Santana, their MVP right now on Cleveland for the last couple of weeks has been Jason Kipnis. Slide him into um, kind of Jose Ramirez's role where he's carrying this offense right now. And Fandle hasn't taken notice yet. So at 2.6, I think he's going to come in as one of your best value plays of the day versus Turnbull. Guy's been on fire, hitting for power. This is like look, looks like the Kipnis from about five, six years ago where he was one of the top hitters in the league. So I think uh, an Indian stack is probably one of your better stacks of this, this mid-game uh, slate for FanDuel. So I think Kipnis comes in at a very nice value at 2,600. Ramirez at 3,100 makes a lot of sense. I don't really have to tell you much about Lindor. If you can afford him, you know, go right ahead. Then you got other guys that are going to be cheap as well. You know, a guy like Bowers um, has some pop. He's only 2,800. So there's some bats here outside of the the main bats that I I can see myself attacking Carlos Santana, which I already mentioned. How do you like in Cleveland? And do you know anything about this this pitcher going for Cleveland? Well, this is his. He's only have two starts above the double A level, so yeah, you really have no idea about him. But we've seen Cleveland pitchers this year, n- namely Zach Plazak, 
have the same sort of thing with very little experience come up to the major league level and be serviceable. So I really have no idea how Claval, I believe, I believe is how you pronounce his name, is going to do. On the other side, Spencer Turnbull is coming off his worst start of the season. And ironically enough, it was against this Cleveland team. So you can be of one of two philosophies here. You can say, well, Cleveland got to him last time. We'll get to him again today. Or the philosophy that I generally, well, actually, no, I, I think of it the same way, that generally the second time you see a pitcher, the batters have an advantage, especially if it's back-to-back because you know what that pitcher throws. So if you want to buy that philosophy, sure, Cleveland is a way to go. Should be noted that Cleveland has hit left-handers better than right-handers this year. But, I mean, it really doesn't matter. As you mentioned, you get the platoon strong side of the platoon split with Jason Kipnis, who's on fire right now. And a lot of their Cleveland's other batters are switch hitters or lefties as well as Bowers, uh, Ramirez, Kipnis, Santana. I mean, uh, Lindor and Santana all are. So, yeah, I, I don't have a problem going Indians bats here. Yeah. So then we got this game in, in Milwaukee, and it's been a shocking series to start. Um, Milwaukee being one of the best teams uh, in the league, getting blown out or getting, you know, basically lit up by these Reds. Um, Votto let me down yesterday. Interesting game. You know, I played a monkey knife fight, and I had Yelich. I needed Yelich over one and a half bases. I'm like, that seems like a lock. Let me hammer this line. And I also needed a combination of Joey Votto, to basically get on base two times. So he needed a combination of either a walk and a hit or two hits or two walks, whatever the case may be. He walked his first time up. The Reds went out to score uh, 11 runs. Votto got up six times, five times after his first walk, and the dude could not get on base. When every other guy in his whole entire lineup got on base several times, Joey Votto, probably the best hitter in the lineup, you know, or known to be the best hitter in the lineup, could not find a second way on base out of five tries, which really annoyed the hell out of me last night. Not from a money perspective, but just like how does this happen in perspective? They're putting up all these runs, and this dude who gets on base at a higher OPP than you know most hitters in the league just can't find a way on versus these bad bullpen arms and everything else that was going on. So that was kind of annoying. That's my rant. But, you know, going back in, I'm not really, you know, I played Yelich last night. I played Yelich as much as I can. But, but versus Castillo, I think there's a way you can you can come off the Yelich train, you know, for a day. You know, he gets the platoon splits, but Castillo's good, man. He's not somebody that I generally want to attack. Um, I don't mind playing Yelich, like, just like I don't mind playing, um, you know, Mike Trout every day. Yelich has faced him seven times, took him deep one time. Um, some of these bats, you know, have decent numbers and a small sample size to them. I'm not saying Castillo can't get touched here, but it's an interesting spot. I think the Brewers really want to come out and at least get one win here, but I don't know how much I want to attack Castillo. And then the backside of things, uh, Dietrich, still too cheap, 2.7. Another guy that Fanduel does not want to respect too much. Um, Winker, 2.7, another good value play. Votto, 3.1. Um, I'm not going to have recency bias. I think he's a, he's in a good matchup versus Shashin. Um, all these guys on both on, on, on the Cincinnati side are in play and then coming at a discount. Votto's faced Shashin 22 times, seven hits, two home runs, five walks. So you know there's some some uh, bats there. Even Puig faced him 30 times. He's 12 for 30 with the home run. So I think a Cincy stack is in order. I'd probably go Votto, Dietrich, Puig, 
and, and Winker, and that's a cheap value stack. You know, sometimes you want to grab stacks that are the best stacks in the night, but you have to pay up for it. And sometimes you just need to find these value stacks that can put up five to seven runs, and you have the heart of that order for a cheap stack that you can pair with a nice pitcher. So I like the Cincy stack more than Milwaukee, even though that Milwaukee's coming in as a favorite and their favorite to score more, more runs. I like Cincinnati better. Um, how do you feel about Castillo? Do you think he goes out there and, and pitches well? He's always a wild card anytime he's on the slate. So tough guy to peg for me. But what do you think? A couple things. Castillo is a good pitcher. However, his by far worst start of the season came in Milwaukee against the Brewers, obviously. It's a division opponent. They know each other well. Milwaukee seems to get the pitch count up, make Castillo work try to get him out of the game and get into the soft Cincinnati bullpen. I can see a repeat of that. I would not be a fan of rostering Castillo at all. Now yeah. look at this. Just I just popped open this guy Castillo's uh, game logs. And I'm not a big you know game log guy. But first thing you notice, 2.26 CRA, 7 wins, 38.9 FanDuel points per game. And every single game here, except for the one game that you mentioned, mm-hmm. um, he is. There's one other game he dropped 25, but every other one is over 30. Okay. And he had his second start of the year, which was at home versus Milwaukee. He pitched seven innings, nine Ks, got the win, got the quality start, and dropped 49. So maybe it lands. My my assumption is this: the guy is good, the guy is talented. I think he lands somewhere in between. I don't think he gets blown up. I don't think he has the same game he had at home. I tag him for five, six innings. And he's the, the – I think people were attack him, you know, see his game logs and say, okay, I'm going to pitch him. And I think some people are going to have the courage to stack against him. And he might be the reason somebody either wins or loses a lot of money uh, on this mid-slate. So I think for GPPs, he's still viable. And I think for GPPs, you still can attack him from these Milwaukee side. But, you know, I think he's still – the most proven arm out of this mid-slate. Can you agree with that? Uh, I hadn't looked at who else is on there. Like you said, I looked at Archer, oh. him. Uh, I'm going to mention Tommy Malone in the next game. After that, there's nobody there, man. There's no aces anywhere close to this. You got guys like Kashner, Sashin, Hernandez, Fires. You know, he is the ace. He's the, the, the most expensive guy, and, and for good reason. So... I think he makes or breaks the slate for the people. It might be a smart approach, to be honest with you, is play a Milwaukee lineup, play a Castillo lineup, and then play a lineup with Archer. You know, so that's probably, if I'm going to play this middle slate, I'm going to multi-enter. I think that's a good approach. Um, let's go into the last game of this 4 o'clock slate. You got Malone versus... Can I talk about Joey Votto? Go for it. Tell me something good about Votto because he annoyed the hell out of me last night. There's nothing good about him. Don't roster him in DFS anymore. Don't use monkey knife fight prop hits. The guy's done. He is at a career-worst home run to fly ball ratio, career-worst exit velocity, career-worst expected batting average, career-worst walk percentage, and career-high K percentage. We haven't seen a guy fall off a planet uh, in terms of being one of the best hitters to one of the worst hitters in a long time. So don't play him over 1.5 today. <laughs> I would not. I he's done. He's he's not. The, he's a shell of himself. I personally don't think he's done. I think he's more a product of being on a shitty team for so long that like 
it's it's hard, man. Being on a losing team, like whether you're you're working at you know a place that you don't want to be working at, you might have talent, but you're not really giving giving it your all. I know you're a professional, so you should be giving it your all. But I think if he gets a new life in a new place, um, you might see better work ethic and more effort in the off season to kind of you know do what he used to do. But, you know, playing on this team, I think, kind of is sucking the life out of him right now. But he has been doing worse. I don't play him for DFS. But when Monkey Knife Fight puts that prop up, I'm like, dude mm. loves to walk. He can definitely get me a walk per game. He's I just need one hit from this guy. And it burned me in the night last night. The night before, he, he got it for me. And I made some money off him. So, I don't know. It's going to be an interesting concept uh, what to do. Uh, going back to well or not. But for the fact that I'm probably going to have to pair him with somebody against Castillo, I'll probably stay away. Um, let's get into this last game. A guy that nobody in DFS really wants to roster, Tommy Malone. Um, he's not going to go out there and grab you 40, 50 points, but he's going to battle. He's going to hang in games. Um, and this Baltimore lineup is a lineup that you want to attack right now. 3.03 ERA, averaging you 27 points on FanDuel game. I do like Archer better because he has the upside. But for safety, you know, I don't see Malone getting blown up as easy as I can potentially see Archer get touched up because he's a little bit more wild and erratic. So I think, you know, if you want to have a multi-lineup on FanDuel, I think he does make some sense. And then on the backside of things, I haven't played Seattle much as of late because their roster is completed. But anytime I see Andrew Kashner on the slate, he's a guy I do want to attack. So I think these bats from Seattle become in play. A guy like Malik Smith, uh, Vogelbach, uh, these lefties are the guys I want to attack. I'm not afraid to attack with some righties. But Vogelbach, if I can afford 3900 he makes a lot of sense. I, I already mentioned Malik Smith. Um, he makes sense to me. So Kyle Seeger, a little expensive for 3300 I'd probably rather grab Jose Ramirez. But there's a couple spots here that I feel like we can grab some uh, Seattle bats. How do you feel about Seattle? How do you feel about Malone? Love the Alec, Malik Smith call. He scored 46.3 fantasy points last night on FanDuel without the benefit of a home run. That's probably the highest single score for a batter without a home run. How many year. bases did he steal last night? He stole two. He scored four runs. He walked twice. He got an RBI, and he went three for three with a double. So 46.3 fantasy points without a home run. So, that's yeah. crazy. Not <laughs> yeah, even that's, either. <laughs> yeah, would, so, when you said it, I would have thought he had uh, like three or four stolen bases. Yeah. Did you all see the most interesting stat line I've seen in a long time? I don't know if you noticed it yesterday. Did you see what Derek Dietrich did? Yeah, he got hit three times, didn't he? Yeah, he got hit three times. Yeah. He walked another time. He scored all four times on base. Yeah. Out of getting four walks, he dropped 24.8 FanDuel points. And he didn't get a hit. He (laughs) He didn't get a hit, which was even more impressive. Yeah. (laughs) But that was interesting. Pretty pretty crazy stats. Yeah, I I agree with you. Cashner hasn't been bad late, but he's not a good pitcher. And I get you with the Tommy Malone. We've seen this resurgent from Lance Lynn, which we'll talk about later. Martin Perez, Mike Miner, who you're all over. Uh, and, and Tommy Malone is now joining that group of veteran 
mainly left-handers. I know Lance Lynn is not a left-hander who are doing pretty well in 2019. What they are probably doing, and this is just a theory, they're taking advantage of everyone swinging for the fences, changing speed. Um, I saw this Jason Vargas. I was listening to the Cubs broadcast yesterday that basically he was throwing his fastball at 85 miles per hour, where you don't even see like a batting practice pitcher throwing 85 miles an hour. It's, it was, it was crazy. So it's, I think some of these pitchers are just keeping batters off balance and having success that way. Yep. 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 So now let's get into the, the meat and potatoes. I need to win this qualifier. Um, I need to go to San Diego. I need a little vacation. I need a shot at some big money. These qualifiers for our listeners do not enter them. Um, unless you got money to burn. You need to have money to burn if you're going to enter these qualifiers because you do not win any money back, even if you have a great day. So, you know, like for this one, for example, 333 people, you win first or second, you're in. There's 167 people in. If you finish in the top 12, you get 500 bucks back. If you finish in third, you get 1,000 bucks back. So there's there's a chance to slightly profit, but... I'd rather finish in last and third because that would drive me up a wall. So you have to go for first or second. So it's kind of like boom or bust. You're either lighting $333 on fire or you're winning a, a life-changing trip to San Diego and a real shot at big money, which I've been lucky enough to, to attend a couple times. But this is an all-for-nothing kind of deal. So I've taken a couple shots in the lower-entry ones. Had a couple days where I was close, but... I haven't been attacking these qualifiers like I used to in, in, in past years just because I don't have the time as much as I used to uh, with the newborn, with website, you know, and everything that we're doing, podcasting. And, and there's a lot of work going on in the background that kind of limited me to do so. But tonight's the night that I kind of told my wife that, you know, I need some time to myself and I really need to figure out things. I want to take this trip out to San Diego and, and battle out with some of the best players in the world. So I need a win. It's a five-game slate. It's a tough slate. I haven't really dug in deeply into it, but I plan to do so with you right now, Mark. So this is something that we really need to decipher on how I'm going to get there. Um, Maybe I'll be able to be nice enough to take you with me if you're the lucky guy that's going to help me uh, get there. So we have a tough little pitching slate here. We got Rayu um, starting us off. Probably the Cy Young winner. Going against Colorado, pitching at home. You know, I don't know if you know about these things called shadows. I don't know if that's part of the weather, but shadows in L.A. are a thing in these type of games. So, Rayu is going to come in as the number one pitcher of the slate. Um, probably the best chance at a win here. So, a guy that we really have to consider attacking. There's only two guys up top, really, that, you know, gauge my interest, even though Tanaka is coming off a, a really good start. Um I like Rayu. If I can find a way to get him in there with bats that I like, I will attack here. Um, Colorado's not scare me at all. They're, they strike out. They're not as good as team on the road, obviously, as they are you know, in Colorado. And Lambert, he's, he's another guy I don't know much about. You know, He let up eight earned runs in three innings, but I was at home versus San Diego, at home versus Chicago. He went five innings, let up, let up one on run, which is impressive. And then in his first start, seven innings pitched, nine Ks versus Chicago at Chicago. So 
I can't I can't roll the dice with him, even though he's coming in very very cheap, and these Dodger bats are going to be in play because anytime they face anybody these days, they're in play. So I think Dodger bats are in play. I think we use a top pitcher. What what can you tell me? How can you help me win some money, Mark? Well. We're going to know that Ryu is going to be very chalky. We saw what Walker Buehler did not did last night. For anyone that went to bed early, he had 16 strikeouts against the Rockies. He was by far the, the best pitcher on the board last night. He outscored Chris Sale by 49 fantasy points on FanDuel. Let that sink in. Um, Damn. Yeah, yeah. 16 strikeouts. Now, the problem is, A, Ryu's not a huge strikeout pitcher. He doesn't have the ace stuff that Bueller does. That's not saying that Ryu isn't a great pitcher and he's not an ace. He just does things differently. And the other issue is that Ryu's a lefty. And I, I, I tried to do some quick homework here and see what the Rocky strikeout rate versus righties versus lefties is, but I did not able to access that in time. So what I would do, Jason, see how the Rockies strike out compared righties versus lefties. If, they strike out a lot more against righties, and you want to be different than the field. Fade Rue, fade him, and see. Hopefully, he he goes six innings and strikes out six, and, and has thirty fantasy points and not sixty. If they do strike out just about the same as lefties versus righties, as you said, Ryu is the top pitcher on the board. He's going to be the biggest favorite, and he's having a great year. He's the probable NL Cy Young Warder, a winner if the season ended right now, though Max Scherzer is certainly gaining on him. Uh, but he's a great pitcher. I'm not going to say not do it, but let's do a little bit more homework, see what happens. Do a little bit of deep diving into Ryu here. But the shadows, I like that. It is a 4 o'clock start in L.A. It will be difficult for batters to pick up the ball, especially in the early innings when the starters are on the mound. Um, a lot of time what you see is the pitcher is in the sunlight and the batter is in the shade, and that makes it tough for them. Yeah, so I'm going to try to get Ryu. You know, you make a point to, to try to figure out what they do. I'll look more into it. You know, yeah. why go on this next rant? I'm sure you could even go look into it and help me out while you I, know, I talk about the next game here. The next game is a game that I'm not going to do much with. I think Fultzinevich has been pretty good. Good. Surprisingly, Anibal Sanchez been pretty good. It's a pitcher's park here. There's games that I like better from an offensive standpoint. I can't feel safe or too safe pitching Fulty or Sanchez. I don't really know who's going to win this game. Atlanta's the better team overall. So Washington can can match up against them well with some lefty bats. I think they're, you know, from a from a win percentage, I think it's going to be, you know, Vegas is going to probably going to put them, you know, evenly pegged here, you know, giving Washington a slight edge. Um, if I'm going to attack this game, I'm going to attack it from a hitting standpoint. Guys like Freeman, guys like Ian Soto, Matt Adams for value, um, Brian McCann possibly has been heating up a little bit. So they faced Sanchez before. McCann's 11 for 38 with two home runs. So, there's some guys here that you can grab for value or one-offs. I think there's better overall stack spots. But I don't mind anybody on both sides of hitting. And if you want to roll the dice, you know, Fulte is he, – he, he has some upside. He does have some upside. His Washington bats don't scare me that much. He's coming off a good start versus Philadelphia. Um, he has upside of getting those 40s. You know, he's done it twice this year. Uh, but that's two out of, like, ten times. So – 
he's not the guy he was last year, but he still has a live arm and he can go out there and, and pitch well. But it's a tough call for me because I want a quality start. I want to win. And I don't know if either of these pitchers give it to us. So do you feel more strongly about these pitchers here or the bats here? Yeah, this is sort of a fade game for me. You're mentioning that you want to go to San Diego, and I have your golden ticket to San Diego, and I think you know where you're going. Play Texas bats, Texas White Sox bats, and, and, and pair them with you. So I'm not, not playing the White Sox bats. I, I believe in Lance Lynn. Okay, so that's I'm not going to go that's happy, fine. but Texas. We'll get there. We'll get yeah, there. Texas, it, I'm with you on. So, but yeah, I, I'm not really looking at this game too much. Going back to the last one, it, it is a, a stat in favor of Ryu. The Rockies fan 25.1% of their time against lefties as a season, and against righties, they're at 23%. So, and uh, keep in mind that Trevor Story isn't playing for the Rockies. So, there goes another big. That right helps a lot, that. too. That, that yeah, what, so. That's what gives me the reason to kind of bump where you up a, a little bit more, too. You know, I, I didn't mention it, you know, because he's been out for a while now. But yeah, that's that's what gives me the bump on where you, if I can get there, I'm going to try my best to get there. But there's a couple pitchers that kind of make sense. And like I said, Fulte kind of makes sense. Yes. I think certain certain sharks are going to take a shot at Fulte. I think in this qualifier in the slate in general, I think I think Rayu's probably going to be around forty percent. I think Lynn will garner some ownership at like ten percent, and then Fulte, Tanaka, and Sanchez maybe even get the other ten percent each somewhere in that range. I don't see anybody going down farther than that because the rest of these guys are just really deep, deep uh, GPP flyers. So. Let's get into the next game now. Houston versus New York. Miley's been way better than his name sounds. Um, striking out people, hanging in games. He doesn't last long. He's going to hang in there for six, five innings, four innings, somewhere in that range. He's probably going to go five innings and get you five, six Ks. But this is going to be one of the toughest matches for him all year long. Um, he's coming off a matchup for Cincinnati, Baltimore, Seattle, um, the Cubs. It's not going to be like facing these Yankees. These Yankees are going to come in. I think if there was a way, which I don't think there is, but if there's a way to get these New York bats with these Texas bats with Ryu, I think that's where you want to go. It's going to be near impossible, though, because these Yankee bats are really expensive, and so is Ryu. So it's tough sledding. And the problem with the Yankees and stacking the Yankees is how do you decide who the hell you want? You have Sanchez, you got Voight, you got Encarnacion, all playing this catcher, first base position. Yes, you can, you can slide one in, in the utility spot, but how do you pick between them? And you got Torres and you got LeMahieu, great bats. You got, you know, this outfield now of Judge and Stanton and uh, whoever else they're, they're rolling out there. I know Mabin is dealing with some injuries here, so it might be Hicks, but Hicks is battling some stuff, so we got to see who they roll out, but how do you decide between Judge Voigt, Sanchez, Stanton, Hicks, and Carnacion and Torres? Help me out. You make multi-lineups and you use them. I, need, I got one lineup. Yeah, how do I, I do it? I don't know. I, that's The Yankees, it may be the death of me, but I, I almost refuse to play them because I know how high their ownership is. But the, as I said, that that's the, then the death of me this year because – 
they produced against everyone, against good pitchers and against bad pitchers on the road, at home, at day games, night games. They're just a monster team that knows how to work a pitcher, gets him deep in the count, gets him out of the game early, gets into a bullpen, and just does damage all along. I, I, I really don't know. And they are deep, especially yeah. from the right side. They're even deeper from the right side. than They're deeper from the right side than any team I've ever witnessed in my life. Um, you can't pick, like, you can't, you really can't pick pitchers that throw from the left side versus Yankees. Like, righties have a shot, oh. but lefties, no shot. Blake so, Snell. Just remember Blake Snell. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right. And I think they're doing this because they have, they're still having nightmares of Chris Sale last year. You know, he just basically, he just mowed them down. And in these playoffs, like, now that they have nine guys that all have that power from the right-hand side. I think just to try to knock around Chris Sale. I think that's their approach right now. But I looked at some BVP um, to try to see if they're – look, I'm not a huge BVP, BVP person. But when I'm in tough spots like this and I, I want to get some bats versus these Astros, I just check it. I roll my eyes across and see what I see. And what I see is seven for 19, three home runs, eight walks for a guy like Edwin Encarnacion. So if I got to, you know, put one guy up top, it might be Edwin. He hasn't really done much yet for the Yankees. This could be his homecoming. He's going to feel comfortable here. Uh, I hope he's not batting seventh. I hope they slide him up a little bit for this matchup. And he's a guy that I might have to, you know, slide in there just because. Um, I'm not going to be able to get a full Yankee stack with Ryu, though. So I'm going to have to pick and choose. But I think in our current Obviously, Sanchez, Void, and Judge, and, and uh, you know, Stanton all make sense as well. So, it's going to be tough to find out, but they're all playable. It might just be, you know, I might have to just take a shot, man. I might have to just take a shot and decide to stay off Ryu and go with one of these mid-tier pitchers so I can stack the Yankees with Texas because, you know, Texas looks like they're in a smash spot here. It's going to be hot and somewhat humid in Texas. I'll let Mark discuss that. Um, it looks like the wind's blowing in. I don't know how much effect that does, but I was all over these Texas bats last night. I went with the stack of Chu Mazzara, um, Odor, and uh, Santana, and Calhoun, and Cabrera all make sense. Guzman makes sense. I'm grabbing four Texas bats. I'll put it out there. If anybody's listening and they want to fade them, go right ahead. In this qualifier, I'll have my four Texas bats. I just got to decide on which one. Talk about this weather in Arlington, though. Let me know what you, you're feeling. Let me know what you can tell these listeners. Is this wind going to do anything against, you know, what we're hoping for here? Okay, quick. I listened to Texas broadcast the other day. Um, in 2015, or before the 2015 season is, they installed what they called wind guards or wind shields at the, the stadium. They said that that was because before that time, there was a jet stream that's set up out to right field when it's warm and humid. What happens is the wind at the lower levels comes in from right, sort of bounces back off like some structure and then sets up a jet stream that's out to right just as strong at the higher levels. So a kind of a weird thing. And they said they could see that by whenever there was fireworks or anything, you can see the wind pattern was a weird like circular jet stream that helped the batters when it's blowing in from right. Well, the reason why I'm telling this story is because in the radio broadcaster said about 
seven days ago, about a week ago, a thunderstorm damaged their windshield. They have since taken them down and haven't put them back up yet, and they won't have them back up for a week or two until they get them in place. So what we've been seeing and what the broadcasters were saying, the ball is carrying like it's pre-2015 there in Texas, that a normal fly ball is going to the, the warning track. And just the outfielders were having difficulty even tracking fly balls because of how well the ball was carrying. Last night, we saw three homers in the first two innings. And I was like, all right, this is good because I went full Chicago, Texas stack. It did not turn out quite the rest of that way. Uh, as the, the arms settled down, but there was nine runs scored in an extra inning game, which isn't exactly great, especially after how the first two innings go. But I'm going back to the well, like you said, four Texas bats for me. I just got to figure out which one. Uh, I think you go with the ones with the most power. And if you want to see a power, go Google Nomar Mazzara, 505 foot home run last night. Go you, show the, you show the interesting thing they did to kind of just to slow him down, they figured, okay, the guy's hit a 500-foot bomb. Yeah. He got on base, and they pinch ran for him with somebody who got picked off. Great coaching. Thank you. Well, he's coming off a major hamstring injury, so they've been very careful with him. Yeah, so careful, careful. Don't I, don't, I don't care about careful in DFS. Burn him to the ground. I needed my extra at-bats. <laughs> he missed out on two at-bats. I was going for some big prizes. Yeah. I wanted those at-bats, but hopefully they don't do that again tonight because I, I want to roster him again. He's 3,000. I'm going to go to power lefties here. Yep. Now the question on the back side of this. Lynn is going to be coming in as the second highest favorite. Nobody respects the guy. Nobody really respects Mike Miner as well. He is coming off a start versus Cleveland at home, which I would say is a better offense than the White Sox. He dropped 55. He's coming off a start versus Oakland at home. In the same jet stream, whatever you want to call it, he he dropped forty versus Oakland. Uh, again, better team than the White Sox. That, that um, was probably before the jet stream was there. Okay, so let's say that one was before. But regardless, Oakland's definitely a better hitting team, and so is Cleveland than these White Sox. Um, if I was to drop off of Lynn, the safest spot to land. I mean, drop off of Ryu, the safest spot to land is with Lance Lynn. Um, in his last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. His last eight starts, his lowest game was 37. His highest game was 58. The 58 came at home as well. Um, the White Sox they didn't do much last night as well. And Lynn is definitely a better pitcher than the starter of Texas last night. So I think Lynn, you know, he's not too far behind Rayu. And you're getting $1,100 discount. If that $1,100 doesn't mean much in my lineup, I will stay Ryu. But if I can get an extra bat or two, I might end up with Lance Lynn. Can you sell me against that? Am, am I, can I go to San Diego or Lance Lynn in my lineup? I, I can't sell that to you. Against, I can't sell that against you. I totally agree with you. I saw Matt Stryker about five days ago tweeted out a very interesting tweet from a Twitter handle called the SP streamer in that he had some interesting ERAs versus uh, fifth over the last 30 days. In that time, Lance Lynn has an ERA of 3.05. Great. That's really good in this day and age. However, 
his FIP was 1.63, which was by far the biggest difference in 30 days out of any starting pitcher in the positive sense. So what and it just explain that, that. Explain that. I yeah, understand what that means, yeah. Mark. Explain it, it that to the that listeners. Though. He is even pitching better than what his ERA shows. That so, is expected. Uh, FIP is kind of like a, a forward-looking or backwards-looking, however you want to put it, you know, where his ERA really should be if you took out a couple of different factors like luck, whatever you want to consider it. Um, that's basically what it means to the listeners, correct? Right. That he is even pitching better than what his numbers indicate. And as you said, his numbers are already really good. <laughs> yeah, so I think it's a good landing spot. I think they get a win. Um, I think Texas gets to, to Spagna. So if I can find a way to stay where are you, I don't mind it. But if I can find a way to get a couple extra bats with Lynn, I don't. I, I like that call as well. This last game is not sexy at all. It's It's... You know, but it wasn't sexy last night either. And I fell asleep because I was exhausted from everything else I was going through that yesterday. Um, and I woke up and saw San Francisco score a bunch of runs. I was like, where the hell did this come from? I don't know if anybody won with that lineup or not, but these are two attackable pitchers. Godley had his one good year, and then he's been terrible. He's not lasting long in games. He's almost being pitched like a, a reliever to some extent. Um, you're going to get a, a D-back bullpen game. And this guy, BD as well, um, nothing special either. So how do you feel about this? BD isn't anything special, but he's done – he's pitched well his last two starts. He's got two seven strikeouts in each of his last start, two starts. His last start, he only gave up one earned run against a good-hitting Dodgers team. Um, but, yeah, he's nothing special. And Godley, you're right, he's not stretched out. He's been injured much of the year sort of a quasi-bullpen game. And as we said, you said, the general flavor I get from a lot of the DFS injury uh, industry is kind of stay away from these bullpen games because you never know what's going to happen. But that seems like a classic uh, opportunity for a GPP player. If people are going to be staying away from bullpen games, why not try to target them? As you said, a lot of score, runs scored the last scored last night, and, and not expected because San Francisco isn't a good hitting team. But they are playing in Arizona, and Arizona is a better hitting park than uh, obviously San Francisco's. Yeah, I think this is a sneaky game, not to attack pitchers, but attack hitters here. Arizona side would be the side that I'm leaning on here. So I don't mind an Arizona stack. I think they go under Rome. Nobody likes stacking Arizona. The lefties like Dyson would be a good one off. Peralta, Escobar. I might have some shares here, depending on how I how I feel later on in the night. But let's end this show. We've been going for close to an hour here. We gave a wealth of information. Check out our website, WindDailyDFS.com. Upgrade to premium. Our guys in premium are winning money, both in fantasy, both in sports betting, monkey knife fight, prop play sites. We've been trying to attack every sport. So sports that you don't even see on the site, we're talking about in Slack. Um, so you got to sign up. WinDailyDFS.com. Our premium content is winning people money at $19.99 a month. Um, it's really a no-brainer. We're, we're not trying to, to take money from our users. We're really trying to put value back out there. We're coming in more affordable than any other site out there, and we're producing great ton- content on the site, great content in premium, and great content in Slack all day long. You have access to people like myself and Mark and a bunch of other you know, pro DFS players. So check out the site today. Let's win some money on this Saturday, and everybody have a great weekend.